Hello, everyone, and welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Employment Notebook, where we explore various topics related to employment and the workplace. Today, we're talking about negotiating a flexible work schedule. With many people juggling work responsibilities, family commitments, and other activities, it can be difficult to organize everything around a rigid work schedule that offers no room for change. So to learn more about how employees can negotiate a flexible work schedule, we're speaking with Dr. Christine Dixon. Christine is a clinical psychologist, an industrial organization psychologist, and the owner of Tri-Valley Psychotherapy. Thanks so much for joining me today, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to be here. Thanks. So do you want to start off by telling me a little bit about your background and experience working with job seekers and employees? So over the last 10 years, I've worked with employees from a broad range of industries. And what I've discovered is that everybody does want flexibility. Flexible work schedules can come in a variety of shapes and sizes. And they can include flex time, telecommuting, job sharing, compressed work week, part-time work, contract work, and reduced workload. So they come in a lot of different ways that you can have flexibility. And people are really tired of the traditional work schedule that demands 10 or more hours a day sitting at the office. And it's really overwhelming for them. And they want flexibility to better manage their work and personal lives. So in your article uh, that I read, it was called Tips for Negotiating a Flexible Work Schedule. You emphasize the importance of preparing for this negotiation with your employer. So why would you say that preparation is such an important part of this meeting? In my work with clients, if you do not prepare effectively, you cannot negotiate effectively. So I really outlined six steps to help job seekers and employees prepare for the negotiation. So Number one is just basically you want to ensure you're in the driver's seat. If you're a current employee, you want to ensure that you have good relationships with your managers and your colleagues and good performance ratings before you even attempt the negotiation. If you're applying to a new job, you want to wait until you're offered the position before you negotiate. I've also discovered, you know, that sometimes employees will feel really desperate during this process. So Mm -hmm. I said desperation destroys negotiation power. So you want to make sure your finances and childcare are in good shape before you negotiate because you're putting yourself at risk a little bit when you're approaching a negotiation with an employer. They could say no, they could get upset with you. So you want to make sure that you're in good shape in that way before you start. And number three, you really want to build your confidence. You want to be effective in the negotiation by really preparing a list of your own personal successes and unique skills and abilities. And you really want to boost your confidence and your mindset in that area. And you also want to think positive. A lot of people I work with who are even attempting to negotiate salary. So they'll usually say, they'll never give me this. It's impossible. I can't believe you're suggesting I ask for something like that. But you have to really challenge that negative thinking and consider how a flexible work schedule would be possible and how your employer can make it work for you and why you deserve it so that you can really push forward in a negotiation. And obviously managing your emotions whenever you approach a negotiation a conflict can arise between you and your employer. It's just natural. Mm-hmm. So you need to be prepared for that stress. And uh, you really want to exercise, take care of yourself, and try to relax through that process. And then most importantly, number six, I have people doing research. I want people to be able to prove how a flexible work schedule can benefit the business. Okay. And I just wanted to give a resource real quick. One of my favorite resources is called When Work Works. It's a project of the Families and Work Institute, which is out of New York City. 
And the website is whenworkworks.org. And you can find lots of research, resources and statistics on the business case for workplace flexibility. It's broken down by industry. It can really be helpful for you as you prepare for the process. And I think you've given us a lot of helpful things to kind of think about as people are, maybe they're preparing to have this conversation with their employer. To go into a little more detail with, I know you had mentioned that confidence and being positive is really important. Why would you say this is important as you're going into the negotiation and how does this affect the outcome of the negotiation? Employees that I worked with who felt really overwhelmed or really nervous when they're going into the negotiation, the employer is less likely to take your proposal seriously. So you want to really boost your confidence by making a list of your personal successes, your unique skills, your abilities, you know, what you have to offer the business that's different to really encourage yourself. And one of my favorite authors will say that, you know, you don't have to feel confident to be confident. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great thought, you know, you can still present in a confident way if you really work on it. And you can be calm and you can be poised in your discussion. And as I said, the employer won't necessarily take you seriously if you don't have a confident attitude when you present your case to them. And then the next step you had mentioned was doing a lot of research before you go into it. What type of sources do you think people should research or what kind of information should they find? And then should they bring those actual documents into the negotiation or is it more something that they kind of just have in their mind and then they bring them forth as they're discussing? Well, when we're looking at the flexibility, we really want to show that there is a business case and a business need for flexibility in the workplace. It has been shown statistically to improve the bottom line results of companies, which is really exciting. So when you propose it, you're not only proposing it for yourself, but you might be proposing it as a initiative that the company takes on to increase their the satisfaction of their employees and improve their uh, results and their efficiency. So doing some research is really critical. As I said, whenworkworks.org is super powerful. It has a lot of great information that's broken down by industry regarding how flexibility is important for the as a business strategy. It can help the organization respond to demographic, economic, and technological changes in the workplace and in the community. So it really has some great material there. There's also um, a When Work Works Toolkit that's available on the Society for Human Resource Management. And that has a 45-minute webinar that's free that you can watch. And it can really help you learn about workplace flexibility and educate you so you can educate your supervisor. A lot of supervisors and a lot of workplaces really don't know yet and they don't understand. So it's really something you'd be doing as a job seeker or an employee to educate. And then finally, you know, there's a Diversity and Flexibility Alliance there, that's also a website that you can go to that has some great material. And you do want to prepare a short report. You want to prepare a report that outlines which flexible work schedule you're proposing, because it could be a, any of the ones I mentioned. You could have flex time or compressed work week or whatever you think is appropriate for your workplace or for your job. And then you want to show how it has been helpful to other businesses that have implemented that. Okay. So it sounds like a lot of it is not just showing really how it would benefit you, but really showing the company how it would benefit the organization as a whole. Yes. So then when after someone has completed this research and they're ready to go into the negotiation part, 
how do they start this conversation? What would be an example of an opening statement maybe that they could use when they're trying to introduce this topic to their manager? Well, I always like people when they're doing a negotiation, it could be any type of negotiation, to really start with being gracious and appreciative of the organization. You do not want to start with complaining or blaming or being or presenting as overwhelmed. So you always want to say, I really appreciate working here and working with you, and I'd like to make a suggestion for some improvement. And so you, you really start that way. But I also kind of outlined how an employee, it's different from an employee compared to a job seeker who's negotiating flexibility as a condition of their employment. Okay. So for example, if you are a current employee, I recommend that after you receive your performance review, and if it's a, a good performance review, you opt out of a raise or a bonus instead for a flexible work schedule. So for example, you just received your performance review and your supervisor offers you an increase and you say, I'd like to opt out of my increase and instead propose a flexible work schedule. I've been doing some research on how workplace flexibility can help our company be more successful. And I'd like to suggest that we do a two-month trial of a compressed work week where I work four 10-hour days and have one day off per week. We could try this with the rest of our team so that we have coverage five days per week. And I have some research on compressed work weeks that I've prepared for you. So when you do this, you, you, you prepare in advance for this. You know you're going to do this before you get your performance review and you're hoping that it's good. And then you open the door to a really interesting and powerful conversation with your supervisor. And now you don't have to just work. I just use compressed work week, for example. You mm -hmm. could ask for flex time or telecommuting. You could ask to work one day from home. So that's really one idea on how to start that conversation pretty effectively. And I think uh, the examples you gave definitely would be very powerful to go in with the specific information and basically like an outline of what the company could do. And then that way you're kind of taking the work out of it for them because you've already proposed this plan and then they would just need to implement it. That's correct. So then during this initial negotiation with your manager, what would you say the main goal would be? Would it be just to get this trial period of the flexible work schedule? Absolutely. If okay. you can secure a trial period for the flexibility, if it's a month or a two-month period, that would be amazing. You know, some people don't make it that far. They just open up a discussion about the business benefits of workplace flexibility with their supervisor because there's a lot of reluctance from anyone to make a change. And the business world is somewhat fearful of flexibility because they're afraid their employees aren't going to work if they're if it's too flexible. They think they need to watch them and, you know, micromanage. And the reality is is when the employer trusts their employee to get their work done, people perform better and they're more effective. So you just really want to open up that conversation primarily. For someone who maybe goes into this, maybe they're confident, they've done their research. If they do receive a no as an answer from the employer, does that usually come right away or is it usually, you know, you wait a, a period of days or weeks and then you receive the no from your employer? Is there any follow-up discussion that maybe they should initiate or should it really end there? Well, some employers can be really difficult. If you're negotiating flexibility as a condition of employment and the organization absolutely is against it, they might tell you no right off in that phone interview. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you then have to make a decision. Do you want to work there? Maybe this isn't what you want. 
and you probably don't have a lot of power to make a change. If you're internal and some employers will say no immediately and some will wait a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks that you might have to wait to hear no. And to me, there's different kinds of no. There's a no with resistance where the manager's really, no way, this is not going to work. And then I recommend that the person waits until their next performance evaluation to propose the flexibility again. Okay. And if it's a soft no, where it's like, well, I don't know, this might not be good for us. Then you do a little bit more research. You maybe talk to some people about their thoughts. Maybe talk with the human resources to see what the policies are in the organization and start planning a little bit more. And maybe there's other people you work with who want to be on board with this too. And you can all go together to propose the flexible work schedule. So there are just a few of my ideas for starting the next meeting. Right. And so I know you mentioned before that um, right after a positive performance review would be a really good time to have this discussion. Should you also take into consideration maybe the time of year as far as how busy your organization is? Is it usually better to wait until a slower time of the year or a slower time of the month to ask about this? It can be better to wait for a slower time because you will be proposing an experiment or a trial mm-hmm. of flexibility. And that gives your supervisor, you know, a feeling of being in control. You know, if it's really busy and you're doing this experiment, it could be very overwhelming and it could be, they could say, we don't want to do this or it's not the right time. But you do want to wait for the right time. And then with the flexible work schedules, it's probably become more popular in recent years, mainly with the the technology that allows people to work remotely or to be accessible at all hours. In your opinion, I know you touched on this a little bit towards the beginning of the discussion, but have flexible work schedules really proven to be beneficial to companies in general? Yes. There's so many studies that prove flexibility is beneficial to the company's bottom line. And employees on flexible work schedules are more dedicated and committed to the company. It's amazing um, how much research has been done in this area. And I just wanted to bring up one of my favorite examples. It's the story of Best Buy. The Best Buy headquarters in Minneapolis developed a results-only work environment at their corporate headquarters, and they allowed employees to work from anywhere at any time as long as they demonstrated results in their job. And this program was extremely successful and improved the company's bottom line. And they were just amazed with how flexibility helped them. Later on, like there's kind of a funny book that I do recommend to people listening to this radio show. It's called uh, Why Work Sucks and How to Fix It, (laughs) Results Only Revolution. The people who initiated the Results Only Work Environment at Best Buy wrote this. Their name is Callie Ressler and Jody Thompson back in 2010. And they really look at the ultimate revolution in working flexibly in this book. So Hmm. it can be a nice resource for people interested. Yeah, and that could be an interesting resource for managers, too, who are listening, who maybe are considering taking a step towards a more flexible work environment and a more results-driven environment. Absolutely. And I think flexibility inherently creates a situation where you have a results-driven environment Mm -hmm. because you're not evaluating on FaceTime anymore. Mm -hmm. So for managers, it can actually be better for them and they can show improvement and they can demonstrate results more effectively than when it's just the face-to-face and sitting at the desk type of situation. Right. And um, we're actually running a little short on time, but I wanted to give you the floor for the last 30 seconds or a minute or so 
just to give any final bit of advice to our listeners, maybe someone who's thinking about preparing to negotiate a flexible work schedule with their employer, or maybe a manager who's thinking about implementing this in their company, what final message would you like to give to them on this topic? I just wanted to say that you should not, if you're an employee or a potential employee, you should not be scared to do this. You need to battle that back and develop a confident attitude and mindset. You know, for managers, trust that your employees are actually going to be more effective and more efficient mm-hmm. if they're given the freedom to work anywhere at any time or they're given flexibility, even flex time, able to come in between 8 and 10 in the morning instead of at 8 on the dot. So those are my final thoughts. And with that final message, we will wrap up the show. You've been listening to Employment Notebook with our guest, Dr. Christine Dixon, and she's been discussing how to negotiate a flexible work schedule. Thanks again for being on the show with us today, Christine. Great. Thank you so much for having me. And of course, we love to hear from the listeners as well. So send your comments on this topic or suggestions for another topic to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us. 